Hey everyone, Communications Director Jay Sokol here, coming at you from inside College Station City Hall, squeezed right between the restrooms and the custodian's supply closet. I am in the public communications nerve center of this fine organization. Interesting interview for you today. First of all, it was a chance to get Barbara Moore back in the hot seat because it's been a while, been a really long time. Some of you already know Barbara. She is our neighborhood services coordinator. But the other reason is because she was here to share information about the Zika virus and what the status of that is, not just in College Station, but throughout Brazos County. So I highly suggest you pay attention to what Barbara has to say about Zika because some of this you haven't heard yet, all right? So our time together should help you understand what is already here, what is not, what your role is, and what role local authorities have. Does that sound okay? All right. Here's the interview with Barbara Moore. We've talked before about mosquitoes because you're kind of the, the mosquito queen. What, what we called you, the mosquito mama? I think that's what it was. <laughs> I think we really did. I think that's what it was. I think, I think that was your idea. Was the I mosquito think that mama. was my idea. But the point is you are in charge of and sort of lead our mosquito abatement program efforts. Correct. I do. And this year has been a little bit strange because we had all of that uh, rainfall back during the spring and then nothing. And so the mosquito abatement program that you operate where all the larvicide dunks are distributed, um, it has been a brisk distribution, but not a whole lot of standing water to deal with. So walk me through, before we get to things about Zika and so forth, just walk me through how the program works and how... Uh, this year has been a little bit different. Well, this year has been a little bit different um, in that normally we distribute the um, mosquito dunks through HOAs, neighborhood associations. But this year with the presence of um, possibly West Nile and Zika in Bryan and College Station, we decided to make the mosquito dunks available to residents in general um, who may not be a part of an association. And so we partnered with our city secretary's office here uh, in City Hall to make mosquito dunks available to residents um, and then those that are in homeowners or neighborhood associations still contact me, and then I still just get reg- residents that contact me as well. So anytime we change something, you know, it kind of throws people off. How has it gone distributing these dunks to residents not in a registered HOA? It has gone very, very well. The city secretary's office always has a steady stream of residents coming in to pick up the dunks. Um, we put it in a nice little city bag with lots of other um, good city information. Um, and so we make sure that they get the dunks that they need uh, to get into their neighborhoods. But it's gone very well, um, and we still have some supplies in the city secretary's office for residents who may still want dunks. But it has gone very well, and we've been very proud of the um, number of residents we've been able to serve this year through just outreaching and allowing it, uh, being it done through our city secretary's office. Any numbers you can share, or, or even approximately? I mean, how many have you given out, and is that more or less than a typical year? Um, this year, we have actually done about average. Um, normally, we do anywhere from 10, 20, 15 upwards boxes. I think because we are working with the city secretary's office this year, we've probably at our steady pace right now at about maybe 15 boxes or a little bit more. And what's in a box? 100 dunks are in a box. Wow. And these things last a little while. It's not like you have to hurl new dunks in correct. every week. It, correct. It actually takes about 30 days or more for one dunk to completely 
um, disintegrate and, and completely be broken down. So it's not like something that you put one out today and you got to go put another one out tomorrow. It continues to treat the um, standing water or wherever you put it over those course of days. And when you put in another one, it's just a nice little layer. And so you got about almost a good month or so of protection there as you continue to put them out. Yeah. And we've got these things on back order. We're ordering more. We do. We do. We are ordering more. We are kind of like mid mosquito season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mosquito season here in Texas can go as late as November. This year is predicted to be October-ish. So we are on our um, second or third leg of ordering more dunks now to get them out to residents. So hopefully they'll be available within the next week or so. But we are in the process of ordering right now, stocking up for the second half of mosquito season. And of course, now that we've had more rains. Yeah. It's a good idea to knock down the mosquito population anyway. Absolutely. Uh, just because they are an annoyance and nobody likes uh, to be bitten by mosquitoes. But of course, we've had scares of West Nile for a number of years yes. and, and other mosquito, mosquito-borne illnesses. This year is a bit different, I understand, because so much talk about Zika, the Zika virus. And, and in our meetings with the Brazos County Health Office, we understand now that the mosquito that can carry Zika is here. Tell me about that. Correct. It is um, the mosquito that can um, spread the, the, the disease Zika is here in Brazos County. Um, it's in Texas. A number of Texas counties have also um, um, seen increases in those mosquitoes, and so they are here. Um, but many of the um, preparations and the things that you do to prepare for them are the same you would do for West Nile with some um, slight differences. But these mosquitoes behave a little differently. They're active at a different time. Correct. They are. Uh, what we've always said for mosquito prevention in West Nile is dusk and dawn, mm-hmm. um, and those are the times that they tend to be most active. Well, the mosquitoes that carry Zika can be active during the day. As a matter of fact, they tend to be more active, more active and more dangerous, um, as we've seen from indications from the um, CDC during the day. So that's a little bit of a departure from just telling people dusk and dawn. Um, this could be a midday deal while you're outside doing your lawn. So it's kind of one of those things where you still need to be mindful of dusk and dawn, but also you need to be mindful of being out during the day as well. So all the same advice that we've gotten for all these years, you know, use the right kind of repellent. Correct. Wear the long sleeves and long pants. Yes. Avoid dusk and dawn and that's and, and reduce the standing water around your property. Correct. All that is still in effect, but that now we have to now we have to worry about the daytime the too. The daytime mosquitoes. Yeah, that's a little bit of a game changer, but uh, just because we have the mosquito that carries Zika doesn't mean that a mosquito has been found to be carrying the Zika virus. That that is correct. That is absolutely correct. Just because that mosquito is present in Brazos County, it does not mean that um, a mosquito has been trapped that has Zika in Brazos County. That has not happened. Um, Basically, we're saying conditions are ripe for it uh, with that mosquito being present. We know that there has been one individual who traveled to uh, Latin American country came back here and tested positive. Yes. We do know that. Mm -hmm. But so far, no 
uh, mosquito carrying the virus has been trapped. Correct. There have been no local transmission cases. Tell me about the trapping mechanisms that are in place. What is that like? Well, the health department goes out and they set traps in certain areas and then they collect mosquitoes from those traps and then they um, have those mosquitoes analyzed to see what species of mosquito that is. And if it's the species of mosquitoes that um, vector Zika or West Nile or whatever, they look at those and then they count them and see how many. Um, And so they kind of need a threshold of a certain number um, for their counts to be able to look at, you know, how many are are here and things of that nature. But they're kind of a little bit all over Bryan and College Station in some of the county areas. And they're analyzed. Um, sometimes I think they may be sent to the state health department, and then other times they may be done through Texas A&M. Um, but that's sort of the process that they go through of identifying the mosquitoes that are here, that are present in this area, and the types and locations of where they are. So it's not like they find one mosquito, drop it in an envelope, and mail it to uh, Correct. A&M. They actually have to have some They do have to have quite a few population. of them, yes, yeah. to, to be able to get a good sample size to, to be able to send off to Um, be evaluated and looked at. So let's pretend that a trap uh, has captured a mosquito that ends up testing positive for the Zika virus. What happens then? Um, Those protocols then go to the health department to decide, you know, in terms of um, how they uh, roll out their epidemiological services and then notifications to the community. And then those notifications are given to whichever city. And then the cities go about um, notifying the residents and then also putting together a plan to um, spray and treat the area where um, the case has been found. Okay. So the, the notification is, is similar to what we've done in the past with West Nile. Exactly. But this, the exact same. this is probably going to, to uh, have a little bit of a heightened attention, I guess. Absolutely, especially right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that in some other communities uh, like Houston, uh, where they have really uh, put great effort and concentration on code enforcement mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, there, there is not standing water. We don't have uh, trash and junk and, and uh, illegal dumpings and things like that that just collect water and, and help breed mosquitoes, all these open storage issues. We're going to start uh, maybe increasing the level of code enforcement here as well. Yes, I think the uh, health department's perspective when they reach sort of a phase two, um, when they're sort of looking at the community overall, you could see some uh, enhanced code enforcement, um, um, potentially code enforcement working with the Brazos County Health Department. um, And the health department also doing the same type of um, code enforcement in the county as well, um, looking at areas that have traditionally been known to be dumping areas where people dump tires and trash and standing water and drainage areas and creeks um, that may tend to be polluted. You may see the health department in the county also working to do some enhanced code enforcement in those areas as well. So yes, um, our code enforcement department has um, spoken with the health department and in situations like this, enhanced code enforcement pretty much countywide, you can expect to see some of that. Right. But if I'm taking care of my property and I've really done a good job of uh, making sure there's not any standing water, that there's not a lot of, uh, you know, leaves or, or debris that, that uh, you know, these mosquitoes are kind of hiding under and, and uh, breeding within. If, if I think, you know what, I swear it's my neighbor. It's my neighbor's property. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where these mosquitoes are coming from. What, what sorts of options exist then? 
the, in, in that case, you know, it would probably be good to maybe contact the Code Enforcement Office or the Brazos County Health Department. They do have an environmental division there that works very, very heavily uh, with Code Enforcement in issues like this. Um, many times for myself, when I get calls like this, um, like somebody will call and say, my neighbor has a swimming pool um, that's green, <laughs> believe it or not, or I live in an apartment complex and the pool hasn't been treated in months and there are mosquitoes there. We refer those calls to the health department's environmental division and they kind of have a little bit more muscle to go out and do some things um, to bring those areas into compliance because they are and, and can become a public health issue. Okay, so traditionally there are some areas where we we don't go. Correct. But the health department, if needed, they, they can. can do it. Yes, they can. And would mm-hmm. they call on us to kind of assist them in that? Exactly. They would. They would work through the cities and, and you know, make sure that um, you know all the proper protocols are followed. But definitely um, in some of the cities who've been a little bit more aggressive in, in handling Zika, you've definitely seen the level of enforcement, um, code enforcement, and enhanced code enforcement increase a lot. Okay. So in, in terms of a call to action, again, it's it, I guess we're encouraging – individuals and families to do all the same things they've been doing absolutely but i guess there is there is an additional level of uh, awareness and care that needs to be taken because yes we do have a different kind of mosquito here yes so go over once again what are the things that people should be doing Um, In addition to making sure if you're out, you know, during the day or even in the evenings, making sure that you use mosquito repellent. Um, Specifically for Zika, there are a couple of chemicals that are a little bit more um, better to use um, in repellents than others, like um, using the ones that have DEET or a chemical called uh, Picartan. Um, oil of lemon um, eucalyptus. Those are some of the ones that you kind of look for having those ingredients in your repellent. Those are particularly good for the mosquitoes that that carry Zika. Um, If you're going to buy mosquito dunks um, or if you're going to purchase them, the ones that the city has, we actually look, the larvicide treats a certain species of mosquito. And you want to make sure that it treats the type of mosquito that vectors Zika and West Nile. In this case, the Zika mosquito is the Aedes aegypti. So if you're going to buy dunks, make sure that you check to see that those larvicides cover the species of mosquito that we are looking at here regionally. A lot of people don't. It's kind of like the flu virus strain. You get a, you know, you get a shot and that's great. And then you get the flu. But that particular strain wasn't covered by your vaccine. So just make sure that when you're buying dunks that you look at the type of um, mosquitoes that the, that the larvicide works best on. Yeah. By the way, in terms of how we are affected, mm-hmm. affected and infected, uh, potentially by Zika, it's a little bit different. I, we hear it in the context of pregnant women mm-hmm. or uh, with couples who may intend to become pregnant mm-hmm. in the near future. But how how do we know how this affects people and how long it affects people and that sort of thing? Uh, those that's, that's interesting because what we've um, found when we, in our discussions with the health department is that unlike West Nile, Zika's host is human as opposed to a bird or, or a horse um, like we'd seen with West Nile. So it's very important to go to the CDC's website. That's cdc.gov slash Zika. 
um, to look at symptoms, to look at things that you need to be aware of. They do have information on there for pregnant women or couples who may be trying to get pregnant. Um, they also have some travel advisories for certain regions regions that you may not want to go to right now. Um, so they have some great information just some good preemptive strike information out there um, on that website. Also, we have the Texas Zika website, which is texaszika.org. That has um, all of the transmission cases, um, local and travel related. Um, And I don't know that there have been any local transmission cases in Texas, but the number of um, cases that are in all of the Texas counties is located on the Texas Zika website, um, as well as some Texas-specific, regionally-specific things that you can do. That's another great website to go to. And, of course, the Brazos County Health Department has a lot of wonderful information that's sort of uh, a mix of what's out there from the CDC and the Texas site and then a little bit more localized to Brazos County. And their website is brazoshealth.org. And it should be on their front page, or if not, it may be under the Environmental Health Department um, section. And that's a lot of uh, websites you just named, even your page on the, on the city's Correct. website, yes, we, we have a link to all these things. We do, and that's um, cststx.gov slash neighbor. And you can find all of that information there. Um, We also would just like to encourage residents, keep your foliage trimmed, your beautiful shrubs. Uh, make sure they don't get to be too big and too green. <laughs> um, we all mosquitoes like to lurk in dense foliage, so make sure that that's kind of um, cut down around your home. Um, dump any standing water, even in your home, standing water in pet dishes or um, vases where you may have flowers. Be mindful of those things. Try to dump them every week as well. Um, maintain those backyard pools and hot tubs. Um, you can put dunks in those or you can, if they have covers, please use covers. Um, also, make sure um, that if you are outside during the day that you're wearing long sleeves, shirt and pants, maybe a little uncomfortable, it might save you from getting a bite. Um, and a big one that we deal with here in a lot of our neighborhoods is overwatering your lawns. Mm. Um, when you overwater and you walk in your yard and your yard is kind of sappy and your foot sinks down and you got a whole puddle at the end of your driveway, that's not good news. Not good news for us, but it's great news for mosquitoes. So just making sure that we don't overwater especially since we've had some very dry conditions. Uh, It's raining this week, so we may be able to cut back. But just making sure that you don't overwater. Overwatering is a in the runoff is a big draw for mosquitoes that tend to breed. So just some other small tips that we may give out here um, to help you around your home. Uh, Stay mosquito-free. Nice job, Mosquito Mama. That's me. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you for having me. So now you know what we know. Do your part to help knock down the mosquito population because it really is a bigger deal now than ever, don't you think? As a reminder, you can learn more by visiting Barbara's page on our website. It's cstx.gov neighbor. And when you're there, click the link for mosquito abatement, and then you'll find all the rest of the information right there. So thanks to Barbara, and thanks to you for listening. I'm Jay Sokol.